The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Showtime! Hi guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 19 of Garthology. Today we're going to talk about Garth in Vegas, baby. Yeah. So as you know, if you've listened to the past couple of episodes, Pete and I have talked about how we were going to be able to go to the show, and so we did. Unfortunately, Jess wasn't able to make it with us, but she was there in spirit. During the show, I kept texting her videos so she could be in the loop and she could see some of it with us, but we missed her so much. So, so much. Uh, I appreciated getting to live vicariously, though, and, and the little video snippets he sent me. How many times did we say, like, how cool, you know, Jess or whatever, and it was like, oh, we got to get this for Jess or we got to get that for Jess, so. Oh. Yes, all the time. I felt the love. Yay. So it was a great night. Pete and I had a great time. We were there with four other people, and it was a lot of fun. So we're just going to go through what our experience at the concert was like, what it was like to be there finally after COVID. We were so excited to be around other Garth fans again. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was kind of that like, okay, we're here now. Let's, let's do this. Let's enjoy the weekend type thing. And, and to be there with all those fans, it was pretty cool. Like, I think we all knew that we missed going to concerts. But you don't realize how much you take that kind of stuff for granted until you're there again. And then suddenly you're like, this, this is the thing I've been waiting a year and a half for. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because there was at this one point, my wife and I were sitting there listening to the concert and it was kind of like a downtime. And, you know, I looked around and the lights were kind of brought up pretty bright. And I went to my wife and I said, you know, it's crazy. Like to think about it, 504 days ago in reality we were thinking would we ever be a part of something like this again like would we ever see this again and now look at people just screaming at the top of their lungs so it was cool you're right a little bit of that normal life again yeah that was so nice you'll get to get it too jess you'll get there i know i love that this was the first show back that you guys got to do though because i mean i don't know you know what's gonna happen if if that'll be the first show that i see post-COVID, but I love that at least for you guys, Garth was your first show back. It's very fitting for us, I think, that that was your first show back. For sure. If there was any one that you could just sit there and let your guard down for a little bit and just say, okay, let's thoroughly enjoy it, it was Garth. Like, that was the easiest one for me, for sure. And honestly, for that two hours and eight minutes of that show, I never once thought of COVID. I did at the beginning, that whole day leading up to it, you know, before, while we were waiting for him to come out. But once he started singing, it was so normal mm-hmm. that I just never thought about a pandemic again, which, you know, everybody needs to be cautious. I mean, Pete and I are both vaccinated. The people we were with are vaccinated. So we took our precautions before going out there. And so I feel like we were safe. And so hopefully everybody there was safe as well. That's what I would like to believe. And you got to believe that if they're vaccinated and felt safe, then they didn't wear masks. And if they weren't vaccinated uh, and they, you know, wanted to wear masks, they were able to. And I didn't see any problem either which way from anybody, which was great. 
Um, you know, Garth said that he wanted that to be a something that everybody understood. If you're going to wear the mask, then you have that right. right. And if you're not going to, you have that right. But remember, the person sitting next to you wearing or not wearing the mask has that right. So let them be who they are and what they want. And I thought that it was very well done by all the fans, whether you, they wore a mask or not. There was no issues. Yeah. And honestly, you don't know, because if I had gone, I probably would have worn a mask and I am fully vaccinated. But because I'm pregnant, I would have worn a mask just to feel extra safe for myself. And you don't know if people are immunosuppressed or, sure. you know, so just right. go stay in your lane, enjoy your show, do what you're doing. And I think that everybody did a great job doing that. I, I, there was no issues. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. And what Pete made reference to was they taped Garth and broadcast him to the stadium of people saying that very thing. Like, people are going to wear masks, let them wear their masks. People that don't wear their masks, they don't have to because they're vaccinated and they feel comfortable not wearing it. Oh, that's very cool. It was a really great video that they showed of him before the concert started where he was very open and honest about how kindly we should all be treating each other. So I thought that was really cool. I think what we'll do is we'll start with earlier in the day because I kind of want to give everyone an idea of what the whole day's experience was like. For sure. And this could be maybe to prep you for other Las Vegas shows at that stadium so you can kind of learn from what we experienced. Getting to the stadium, Vegas was really good about putting information out there about how to get to the stadium different ways, whether you were going to park there or whether you were taking a rideshare app the different places that you could park if you were parking, if you were taking a ride share where it would drop you off so you would know where you would need to go. If you were going to take a bus, you could even, there were buses down the strip that could get you there. So there was a lot of information out there. So that was really helpful because as you all know, Pete and I aren't from out there. We've of course been there a lot of times, but we're not from there. So we looked at all of that information before we made our decision. And ultimately what we decided to do was park, but not at the stadium. Because looking into that parking, it seemed like it was going to be really far away. There was no guarantee that you were going to get a close parking because some of the stadium parking is far away. Not to mention the cost was prohibitive. I mean, there was discussions in a lot of the articles that we read that talked about $100 to park your car. And we just decided that was not possible. It all seemed like if you were to go through there and park your vehicle, you could still end up with close to a mile walk for $100 to park your car where you could find alternate areas to park your car for less and still have that same amount of a walk to the stadium. So it that just didn't seem like it made a lot of sense for us. So. Well, and you guys were saying, too, it it could be up to a mile away, but how hot was it when you were there if you would have to walk a mile? Yeah, it was 120. Yeah, so 120 degrees in the desert heat, and you're going to walk a mile. (laughs) And pay $100 to do that. Even the rideshare app options, it takes you to an area outside of Mandalay Bay where they close down the Hacienda Boulevard bridge that goes over the 15 freeway. That's where you get out and you still have to walk over this bridge and then down around to the stadium. So no matter what option you used, whether you used their parking form, you found a parking structure at the Mandalay Bay or Mandalay Bay Convention Center or something around T-Mobile, 
right in that area, you may add two tenths of a mile walk, but you still have to make that walk in the 117 degree weather. So what we opted to do was not take the chance on whatever the Uber charges were, because we would have had that both ways, right? To and from, and we would have had to make the walk. There was no benefit to not walking. Yeah. Pick their form of parking, which could have cost $100, still would have had to make a walk, maybe not as far, but you still would have had to walk and then deal with the traffic to get out. And or the other option would be to do what we did and find a parking structure somewhere in the local vicinity and have that one mile walk over the bridge. And then from there, take your chances on what they were going to charge you and be able to get in and out. So that's what we opted to do. So Pete parked at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center and I parked at the Mandalay Bay and we both got there early. So we had really good spots as far as we went straight to where an exit was and pointed our cars outward. Outward, yep. <laughs> so that's where we met up. We met up with Pete and Steph while at the Mandalay Bay. We all had lunch there. And then when it was time when we decided it wasn't too early, we went ahead and started that walkover. Which, by the way, they do a really good job at pointing you through the um, Mandalay Bay and Luxor and all that to a, a, a long hallway. And they do a real good deal with the signs that say Allegiant Stadium this way, this way, this way. So for a good part of the walk, they don't just throw you out and tell you good luck. They walk you through a very good wide tunnel where it was plenty wide enough for a lot of people. And they basically walk you out and they drop you off right in this spot. And they say, okay, you take this bridge up over. And then, bam, you're right there at Allegiant. So you got to give it to the, give that to them. They do do a good job of keeping you indoors and, and putting you right where you need to be. Right. And the signage in Mandalay Bay was really good. So we knew right where we were going the whole time. And like Pete said, it took us to as far inside as they could get before it dropped us off outside, finally. So it really is the shortest walk, I think, that we would have done unless we'd gotten a parking spot specifically right next to the stadium. I don't think we could have done any better. Correct. So we decided to start making our way through the hotel at around 3.30, I think it was. We might have stopped and put a couple bucks in a Blake Shelton machine that really won us <laughs> a couple bucks. That was cool. <laughs> and that was about the only machine that gave us any money. Uh, but then we, we walked out and then for, you know, whatever we got there, it was like right at four o'clock and the bridge was shut down. The police were there. They were putting up the cones and you got to walk across and you had zero problem with traffic coming either which way I thought, which was very safe because, you know, you got a sidewalk, right? That's what four feet wide and you have all these people. You would think that if they didn't shut down the traffic there, that could become very dangerous, but they do do a good job. They shut it down. Like they said, wide open, safe, and, and they get you over the bridge. So that's what we did. And so at the bottom of the bridge, we reached our first obstacle. We were there early, which was great. We came across the first worker, the first Allegiant Stadium worker. And his job, which I would hate it, and I felt very bad for him, was to tell every woman that was walking up there with a purse that she could not take that purse into the stadium with her. <laughs> One guy, he had to stop every woman that had a purse that was over four and a half inches by six inches. No. And not clear. If bags were clear, they did allow them no matter the size. So if you're going to Allegiant Stadium, women do not bring a purse right. that isn't clear because they stopped us. And then we were directed to cross the street, stand in a line and give $20 for every purse that we wanted locked up 
in a locker for the duration of the concert, which then at the end of the concert, we would have to go back across the street and get our purses back at that time. And wait in that line. Can you imagine what that line would be like? No. If every woman is being stopped and told, right. get her purse. No, but I also am imagining what a baby I am about the heat. And if I had just had to walk three quarters of a mile in 117 degrees, I'm not walking back to put right. it somewhere else. Right. And here's the thing. If anybody was to get this to Allegiant Stadium, somebody personnel there, this is what they need to do. They need to put that man or more men like him. On the opposing side of the bridge where the parking yes, structure is. So you before you do that walk. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And if you go there and they have these lockers for 20 bucks and you could fit three or four or five purses in it and there's three or four or five women do a group and they want to share them, let them share the locker. You don't have to get $20 a purse. That is a big, big turnoff. I have a lot of great things to say about that stadium. I'm not a Raider fan. They have one of the nicest stadiums I have ever been in. But that was a huge turnoff, an unbelievably huge turnoff. Yeah, I was very disappointed that more information wasn't out there about that. We had even looked on the website because we'd heard some random thing about bags. So we looked at the website. Well, and you usually do check like what can you, you you know, you can't bring cameras, you can bring no flash photography, like you kind of look it up. Right. And they did have an image on there. And it was the image was of a crossbody purse saying that it was okay. Unfortunately, we didn't see underneath where it said it had to be four and a half by six or smaller. Yeah, and probably a lot of people didn't. Right. All three of us had crossbody purses. It's just, unfortunately, all three of them were bigger than four and a half by six. So what did you guys end up doing? I went and got a beer and two waters for $35. You <laughs> <laughs> just opted out of that part. So we did go over and get, get in the line to turn our purses in. We found out at that time we couldn't even lock them all up together. We were going to have to lock them up all individually. And each of us were going to have to wait in that line afterwards to get the purses. And that's when we'd had enough. We finally decided, what are we going to do? We're not going to do this. And so my daughter, God bless Allison, volunteered, just shot up her hand and said, I'll walk back to the car and I'll take all the purses back. And so that child in 100... child. She's 22. I did not send my little child out into the world alone. (laughs) Right. You're going to get some hate mail about that. She is a grown woman. (laughs) My daughter took all of the verses, made that track back over that bridge, made her way back into the Mandalay Bay, had to go into the parking garage and search for the car, found it after she'd gotten turned around a little. Meanwhile, myself as a grown man, and bitching, whining, and complaining in that parking lot about how hot it was standing in the shade pouring water over my head. I'm complaining, and Allison is doing this by herself. Yeah. Oh. So by this time, I had sent Pete all the tickets for the other four people. They all went in because the doors had just opened. I made the trek halfway up the bridge when she texts me to say, I'm almost there, just stop. So I will say at this point, they had erected a water stand at the middle at the top of the bridge. You said erected. (laughs) (laughs) That you could go up to and you could get cups. They had cups there and they had free flowing water. You could just fill up water bottles or fill up cups. And that was really great. That's awesome that they did that. They did also have police officers standing by ready to take people if they were looking like they were going to collapse. They also had a cart that was picking up people who were struggling and driving them across the bridge and taking them up to the door. So anyone going to Allegiant Stadium, like you have to be prepared for this kind of stuff because it was tough in that heat. 
And you guys are both also in fairly good shape. Like, I mean, it's not like. I mean, I work on Navy ships and I go up and down ladders and I'm not afraid of most athletic activity. I'll give anything a shot once. But that was tough. Right. Right. Well, and in that heat, too, totally different ballgame. Listen, to hand it to Allegiant Stadium or, you know, not make it all sound like it's their fault. The truth of the matter is, is they cannot control two days of record temp in the history of the Las Vegas Strip. And unfortunately, this day just happened to be on it. And that heat magnified all of this by 10 times. So to be fair, if you're going through Vegas and you're at, you know, 100 degree weather, it's not fun. 105, probably going to be a little worse. Anything over that, prepare yourself for what we're telling you. Anything less than that, just be prepared to make a walk, have some water with you. Understand that when you get into the parking, you get that figured out. Go early, make sure you have a plan ahead of time. But when you get in this stadium, it changes your entire your entire past hour, whatever just happened to you out there, everything changes when you get inside this place. And it was it was game on at that point. Right. Once you get in there, once your temperature goes back down and you really can look around you, that stadium, I mean, it was the first football stadium I've ever been in, but it was beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And you could walk up to this like little ledge that kind of overlooks the level one and then down on the field. And from there, you could see every seat in the entire stadium. And you knew then there wasn't going to be a bad seat no matter where you sat. Yeah. So I guess now we should probably get into the Garth concert of it all. So (laughs) y'all have a feel for what Allegiant Stadium is like. And so we obviously we got there really early leading up to the concert. We talked to a lot of people. We met Miss Becky Becky. from Inside Studio G. She's been on Inside Studio G a couple of times. And so we got to talk to her and she was really cool. And so we did. We met a lot of fans. We handed out a lot of Garthology cards. And that was a lot of fun talking to people about the podcast. That was a good time. We got to our seats. We spent a lot of time just hanging out and having a good time and and maybe drank a beer or two. Their margarita was really good, too. Yeah, big margarita. (laughs) I don't know how I know that. I just do. Let me ask you a question. So we're in a stadium tour, right? And we're going to start talking about Garth. We can talk about the stage. You notice anything about the stage? The stage looked like, like a, a football. football. It's in the shape of a football. <laughs> On the front and the back side of it, the stage grates that form the stage, they change color to make them look like the uh, the threads on a football. The laces, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So the setup was really, really great. And it was open, so it was a 360-degree stage like he usually has. The bottom part was in the shape of a football. It did have four pillars that held up a roof above him, which I kind of wish that wasn't there because it does kind of block. Because, you know, stadiums are so high that in some ways it kind of blocks. Like if he went, so we were behind the stage. We were at the back part of the stage. So if he went to the front, I would sometimes lose him in either the pillars or the roof of the stage would kind of be blocking where I couldn't see him. Yeah, anytime he was opposite of you. Right. We were in the 300s. So, I mean, we were pretty high. We weren't the highest ones up there, but we were pretty high. So, yeah, there were times where I could lose him on the stage. Now, luckily, they do have, you know, the big screens and the cameras follow him around. I did notice there were a few times, and I don't know if it was just from being rusty, but those cameramen kind of had a time trying to find him. So there were times where the camera was kind of 
bouncing around going like, where's Garth? Where's but, Garth? You know, that's the thing, right? With Garth, that's typical Garth for a typical Garth show, right? Where is Garth? What's he going to do next? Where's he running? What's he jumping to? Yeah. I think that it was just rust and timing. So we're there and we're waiting and then the countdown comes on and I thought that the Amazon music thing was awesome. That was super cool. With his, you know, his exclusive deal with Amazon, they started the show off by talking to Alexa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they talk to Alexa and say, Alexa, play Garth Brooks live in Las Vegas. That's really cool. Would you like me to turn it up? And then it was, <laughs> would you like me to turn it up? That was awesome. That was a great opening. So yeah, I have uh, pictures and video of that. So I'll post that as well. I love that. That's super cool. And so we all know, we all know that in a Garth show, what does Garth do? Jess knows Garth comes from the bottom of the stage up. Yep. This stage being 360 degrees with nothing backing it, it was 360 degrees of full access to the stage. There's no way Garth has been underneath this stage for three hours or two hours or two and a half hours, whatever it was we got there, right? We got in at five and the show was start. They, they started doing the countdown at seven forty-five or whatever it was. Right. So, so we know that Garth can't be there. So I'm starting to think, and I'm looking around and I'm looking around, and I'm looking around and over out of the counter of my eye, they've got these like weird accordion looking things up against the wall. And I'm like, but they're huge. Right. And I'm like, what are those? They start to bring down the lights and the Alexa thing comes on. And I look over and here comes these accordion, one by one by one by one, and it stretches out like a long snake from this corner little door underneath the seats of the level one, and it runs down and along, and then it comes out, and as quick as it comes out, boom, it's gone. And then 10, 9, 8, and then whatever, then the Alexa thing comes on, and then all of a sudden, you see the band, and so that's how they got him there. They lifted this accordion long. There was like four or five of them, and one person was in charge of it. And as he ran, they ran it so nobody could see him coming with the lights down and it being black. Nobody saw him come in. Right. They just appeared. Yeah. Just like out of nowhere, like out of nowhere. And then it went live. I don't know. Do we give do we give away how Garth came on? Oh, well, yeah, we Garth do. did not take the accordion. Yeah. Heck yes, we do. <laughs> so Palmer's drums start to raise up smoke comes billowing out of it. Yeah. And Garth is under Palmer's drums, holding like Atlas, holding up the drums as he raises up from the floor. He's trying to push it up. And sure enough, like here comes the smoke and he starts it with uh, all day long. All day long. And we had talked during the day. What do you think he'll open with? And my, my call always was all day long. And that's what he started with. It was great. Yeah. So here he comes all day long and he's, and he's lifting up Palmer. And that place went nuts. Yes, it did. It it went totally yeah. nuts. And I mean, of course, we're all excited to be there. Garth is finally there with us. Like it was, it was great. It was just like this. Oh. And then I let it all out. And I, like, I literally thought at the end of all day long, I was going to have already lost my voice at that point. <laughs> yeah, because we were yelling. We were right there with him. So. I do know there were now we like I said, we were in the 300s. So we were up kind of high and we were behind the stage. I know that there are people out there that had tickets higher up um, 300s or in the 200s across the stadium from the stage that had a lot of sound issues. Like there were serious sound issues to the point where they couldn't even understand when Garth was talking. Now, unfortunately, that's not Garth's fault. 
that is something that that stadium has to work on. And they're going to have to do something. If they want to keep bringing in these music acts, they're going to have to do something to make that better. Correct. I mean, now a, a stadium, a football stadium is not meant for, you know, a concert. It's meant for a football game. So I get that. But if you nowadays look at Mercedes-Benz that Garth opened, you look at Allegiant Stadium, the money that these people are putting into these stadiums, they're not just saying, okay, we're going to have football games and football games only here, and then we're going to make our money back on what we put into the stadium. They know that they're going to have music acts there. They know that. And that stadium, they have to do something about that sound quality. Because, and yeah. we have to understand, to be fair to them, and obviously, you know, it's not Gar's fault, and they're going to learn from these types of things. And I know that, you know, Gar says that sound check and all that stuff goes well. Well, that's fine. But until you pack 60 plus thousand people in it, sound check isn't really sound check. It might sound good to you while you're there, but there were some issues when Garth, unless Garth was screaming into the microphone, even when the stadium wasn't at its loudest, it was very hard to hear exactly clearly what Garth was singing or saying. Yeah. And I also noticed that there were times where it would be very, very muffled. And then, bam, it was like, oh, my God, that's so loud. And in the 300s, you could hear it echo at times. I couldn't imagine what it was up when you were higher than some of those speakers. Yeah, I've seen some of those videos. And the echo across from him was terrible, like really bad. And I understand from some of the posts on social media that it did get better, but it was to the point where people like some people even left oh that makes me feel really bad for anybody who this was their first experience with a garth show because i know how much that would have meant to me and then to not be able to hear like i would have been so sad it's crazy we were talking to so many fans you know and out there you know talking about garthology and asking them i can't believe how many people were there for their first garth show ever which was great and i just hope that those people stuck around to hear it get better because it did get better, although it wasn't the normal sound of a Garth show that we're accustomed to because we've been so fortunate to see him so many times. And again, I think it's just because it was the first show in the stadium. And I definitely think that they will work on it. And with the money that they've invested in that place, I guarantee it will get better. It's just unfortunate for all of us who were coming out of COVID ready. I didn't let it bother me. I know it was there. I talked to my Aunt Deb about it after the show, but I didn't let it lower my excitement for the show itself because I know Garth. I know the quality of a show that Garth puts on. I do understand that it was the first one coming off of a 504-day layoff. Not sure what to expect. The normal band wasn't all there. They brought some of the guys that are in the studio in to play live to see what a show's like. So I get it. It was a first show. You can't expect it to be three, four, five, six weeks into a tour level. I thought it was great, but yes, I definitely did hear it in the audio that that definitely could have been a lot better for him. And listen, let's be fair. I heard Garth forget a couple of the lines in the songs himself. <laughs> yes, but I also heard him rebound pretty darn good, and I filled in for him. I got you, buddy. I got you. You forget the words? I don't. <laughs> or like uh, there's a couple times where he'd be singing and we go on to the next verse and he would repeat the one time. Well, two times he did it. We're singing and we're getting ready to go to the next verse and I'm by yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? He's repeating the verse. And I'm like, all right. So I just went to do what he did. But uh, it's rust. It's first show out of 504 days. But uh, that stadium, they should fix the sound issues there. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not a sound engineer, 
But I sure hope that Allegiant kind of looks at their setup. And it seems to me that they could make it a lot better, even by just putting speakers down at the end towards those people that were at the opposite end of the stage. There's got to be some kind of setup that they can add to their structure that would make it so that those people are not missing out on what's happening on the stage. You know, they're already far enough away where you're disappointed, but then to have that horrible echo just come back and forth at you over and over again has just got to be so disappointing. And and that thing being so big, right? You got to think that where it was one small little stage and 65 plus thousand people at the very other end, that that sound is going to travel and it is going to, you know, bounce back. It's going to bounce back and you're going to hear that. And that's unfortunate. But I, I, you know what? I give it, give it not even a year that place. They'll make it right. They'll make it. It's just unfortunate it happened at a Gar show for anybody who was there for the first Gar show. And if you're listening, trust me, it it's better than that. It's better than that. Give yourself a second show. You'll, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, it's true. Maybe next time don't go to a stadium show. Yeah. yeah that's true because even good quality sound at a stadium is not going to be the sound you're going to get in a smaller right. arena right. or, you know, or yeah. like a dive bar show, obviously, yeah. which we've talked about. We haven't been to, but it's, a totally different sound. Yeah, totally different. Now let's talk about the set list because the set list was great. So these are the songs that he sang at the Las Vegas show. He sang All Day Long, Rodeo, Two of a Kind Working on a Full House, The Beaches of Cheyenne, which we just recently talked about, Two Pina Coladas. He did Fishing in the Dark. Yeah. I love that song. I even had to text just the video of it because I love it so much. And I know she does too. But the way that he introduced that song when he came out with Fishing in the Dark, you know, he made it very clear that, you know, it was a song uh, that really captured his attention as a child. And I thought that it was cool how he just came out and really introduced the song by the, it's the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Yeah. Well, we talked about the song. I don't even remember on what episode, but when we talked about it, Remember, I was saying, like, I felt, like, connected to Garth yeah. when he released right. that song because it was on the um, Lost Sessions. And I was like, he loves this song that I love so much enough that he <laughs> recorded it. And so, yeah, it was one of those things that was just really cool. And I, I love that song. I love his version of it. And Allegiant went nuts. Yeah, they did. They, so apparently everyone else loves it as much as we do. Right. Everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. And it was funny because when he introduced it, he also said, don't love this one more than Garth's song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, you know what? I want you to sing along if you know it, but do me a favor. Don't sing it better than you sing the Garth stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So after Fishing in the Dark, that rolled into the river and then rolled into the Thunder Rolls. And then we got Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up. And we got Jimmy and we got Jimmy good. Oh, always a fun one. So jealous. Oh, he was so, so great. And then next was Unanswered Prayers, which, you know, that place just lit up. I have some of the coolest pictures I took. So I did just snap with a little bit of video. And then I did a pano of the entire stadium from the side of my wife's face. I probably should have stopped it because it's kind of weird looking. But from there, (laughs) all the way over to this lady I didn't know side of her face. And she's like, ah, if you can see my, ah, she's screaming. I how do I edit this? I don't know how to edit it. But what a great photo. Because those cell phone flashlights were just lit up. It was beautiful. That was a beautiful thing to see. Like, I don't think I realized exactly what, you know, over 70,000 people looks like Mm -hmm. until that happened. That place was beautiful. I've never seen anything like it. 
Yeah, I don't know that there was one person if they had the capability of turning on a light that didn't turn their light on. I would be surprised if, yeah. you know, it was it didn't seem like there was a dark spot in the entire place. No, I agree. And after unanswered prayers, we went into Ask Me How I Know. And then that summer, next was Colin Baton Rouge. Next was Shameless. And then we got the anthem, Friends in Low Places. Oh, it was so great. And not only did we get Friends in Low Places, but we got Ty to start it off. Oh, very cool. Yeah, he's like, you know, he's introducing the band, right? Which was a little bit different than past shows that we saw. Because like I said, he had brought some of the original people who were in the studio that played on the album cuts. He brought two of those guys. I could be wrong, but two or three. But I think he brought two of those guys out to play on some of these live stadium shows. And so he was introducing them all, which was cool. And then, you know, he said, hey, Ty, you know, would you come over here and, and do me a little favor and start this next one off? And Ty's like, oh, I don't know. And, and Garcelle, hey, listen, no pressure on this one. No pressure. <laughs> and Ty's like, okay, I'll try. And he did that. And then, boom, like Allegiant just lit up. Yeah. And that was great for Ty because that had to have been super cool for him to do that. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever, I've been to a handful or more of Gar shows, right? We all know that. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen anybody other than Garth start that one off, ever. I don't think I have. I think yeah. Garth always does the dun, dun, dun. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was super cool. So that was great. And also another thing about that, there was a lot of songs where the people in our area maybe weren't standing up all the time like we weren't. You know, we'd stand up to some songs and sit down, stand up, sit down. But at that point, I kind of like looked around including myself, we were sitting down, you know, as he was doing the talking and stuff. And Ty hit those three notes, the entire stadium went to their feet. Every person that I could see anywhere standing around went to their feet. Like, that's the anthem. That's the one. Yep. Um, then we went into Papa Love Mama. And then he ended the show, of course, with the dance. Aww. And so that's how the show ended. And it was beautiful, like always. It was so great. With this podcast and conversations that we've had and things that I've said regarding different songs from all day long until the dance, my outlook on the music, the research that we've done for the songs, things that I've said, it just meant so much more to me at this show than it ever did before. Because like when he sung the dance, all I could think about was everything that I wrote and spoke about on Garthology. And it just, Although it still means the exact same to me, it doesn't mean that it means more to me now that we've mentioned it on the show, but it's new memories for me to that song live, right? I've heard the song plenty of times since we've recorded it. I didn't get the feeling that I got. It was a different feeling that I got being there in person, listening to him sing it live than I had ever gotten before. And I kept thinking about the episode and the conversation that we had on Garthology. And I, I think that that has a big, big thing to do with it. So. Yeah, I think for me, it's because now I feel like we're invested in these things. You know, we've put time and energy into this podcast. And so now I think all of his songs and hearing him sing them live mean more to me than they ever have even before. Yeah. And they meant a lot to me before. Right. <laughs> and so to have that feeling now is crazy, but I love it. Like the beaches, the beaches hit me like it was like, you know, really fresh because we just spoke about it. That one, I just felt it. Like that's the thing. I mean, I always feel Garth music, but I like I like felt it. Like I was like in my zone. Like I wasn't worried about what my wife was doing. And I kept looking, making sure everybody was enjoying themselves in the party or whatever. But 
like you said, like I was invested in this show now. Like I was invested in this live show. It was different. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I agree. So, of course, that's what he ends the show on. But we all know that's never the end because then it was time for housekeeping. And housekeeping started with mom. Oh. And, oh. And I had my daughter there with me for the first time ever. So, of course, I just laid my head on her shoulder and just started crying. I was like ugly crying. It was just bad. As soon as mom came on, I thought about Jess being there, being pregnant. And I'm like, she would be crying and I'd be holding her. And But it was like, I was like one. Like, I thought, you know, usually housekeeping, he'd come out and he'd just light it all back up. And he's like, mom. And I was like, aww. Aww. And he's like, listen, it's been a while since I've sung it. And it's probably going to suck. But, and he's like, okay. How did that start? And he's playing because you could tell a little bit of rust. You know, he's still got to like, he can't just jump right back into it. But then he got it and he nailed it. That might have been one of the better versions of Live Mom I've ever heard. Oh, it's such a good song. It was so beautiful. And he actually played it for a fan who had held up a sign that said she was at, I believe it was her 46th. 42nd, I think. Garth concert with her mom. Oh, wow. Yeah, So they showed her and her mom up on the big screen with the sign. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. So after mom was in Lonesome Dove, which I love, and I know Jess loves it. Yes. We've all talked about our love of this one. We've talked about it a couple times on Garthology. I think we all have an equal good love for it. So when he started playing that, I was like, I just melted. It was good. Yeah, so good. And then we went into Don't Close Your Eyes, which is a Keith Whitley song. And Jess loves Keith Whitley. I do. So I was so sad that you weren't there to hear that one. I love that somebody asked for it, though. Garth wasn't too happy. He said, hey, hold on a second. You're going to wait 504 (laughs) days to come to a Gar show and then turn around and ask me to play somebody else's music? And he goes, but I got to be honest, I love the old Keith Whitley. So uh." Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, that was really good. That was funny. And then after that, we went into Amarillo by Morning. Oh, straight. And that was so good. Got to hear that amazing fiddle solo again. He stood there and, you know, he put the cowboy hat down and cocked the the guitar off to the side and just hung his arm over it and just sung it. Just like you would, you know, just trying to be George Strait, right? Aww. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, and it was cool because him and Ty talked about you know their days in college and wanting to be george Strait, yeah. and that was super and then that led into troubadour and they just killed troubadour together um another one that uh, garth had to have ty start off like okay what chord was it in and then they got into it and they just knocked that one out of the park yeah that was really good and after troubadour we got much too young to feel this damn old which was great because he even talked about how that was like their first radio song so that was great and I think we actually skipped Wild Horses, but Wild Horses was up there after Amarillo by morning. Yeah, he had Jimmy come out for that. Jimmy came out for Wild Horses. Yeah. That's right. Yep. And then Garth started playing Shallow. <laughs> and we knew then that Miss Yearwood was about to make her appearance. And it was so good. The crowd went crazy. Yeah, they were a little sneaky there, putting her at the very end. The very end. If you're at a Garth show and you don't know Shallow, that doesn't make any sense. But if you don't know Garth's opening verse to Shallow, you still don't know it. Because as soon as he started playing, we all knew what was coming. Yeah. It was deafening loud. Like, it hurt. It was so loud. Like, you felt it in your chest loud. So fun. Like, you couldn't even hear her 
until the uh uh he mentions it on inside too and it's true like you couldn't hear her i don't know that that place got any louder than it did when that first verse was over and that stage started to rise and the queen came out yeah because i'm sure people had given up i mean anyone who's seen a garth show before where trisha's there knows it's like midway usually right Right. she'll come out and kind of do her thing so yeah if you're at housekeeping and she hasn't come out yet i mean i would have been like i don't know maybe she had a thing right maybe what's going (laughs) on here and then everybody was like, wait, we can't hear her. And I think we all understood that we had, just kind of had to shut up a little bit so we can so we could hear her. <laughs> and, oh my, and at one point I look over at my wife and I told her, there is nobody, there is no female artist as good as she is. Before, today, or ever, that woman can sing unbelievably good. Right. Her voice is insane. Yeah, I sent you that video just going. At first, I just sent you the word, oh, my God. Right. I was like, what? What? What's happening? <laughs> I, just, I just could not believe it was so amazing to hear that live. I just, that to me was just an unforgettable moment. I just, I cannot speak highly enough about hearing her sing that song live. There's nothing better. Nothing. There's nothing better. Did she did she sing anything else this time? Did she do her usual thing or no because it was at the end? So she did. The very next song after Shallow was Walk Away Joe. Okay. But that was the only other song she did. It was a very short. By the way, let's clarify. She screwed up, not Garth. Garth was right. No. Yes. He wasn't because then, remember, he admitted he was using the wrong guitar. So to give you the backstory on this, Garth started playing Walk Away Joe. Trisha sang the first verse and then she stopped and she turned to him and said, I'm sorry, honey, but I have to stop you. You're playing it in the wrong key. And Garth, the whole stadium just erupted in laughter. The look on his face was complete shock. They ran together. He started, he was like, no, 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 listen. And he started like playing it and he's like, see, this is right. And she kind of went, okay, all right. And then she, you know, kind of nodded and said, okay, I'm going to say this one time, you're right. Now, I will say, though, that then she turned to the audience and said, no, he isn't. <laughs> and so everybody was just laughing and laughing. And But Garth walked away from it just in shock. He couldn't believe he was actually right about something. He's got his chest out. They go on to, or she goes on to sing Walk Away Joe, which, ugh. Yeah, it was good. At the end of Walk Away Joe, When Big John came up from under the stage and handed Garth his other guitar. Nobody listened to this. Nobody listened to this. Nobody listened to this. Garth was right. No. (laughs) And Garth handed him the guitar he'd been using. He stopped. He looked around. He looked at the guitar. And he admitted that Miss Yearwood was right because he had been playing the wrong guitar. And uh, again, the place went nuts. And Trisha was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and they had sent her over to the Wall of Sound because they were going to do another song that she had started off with in background vocals years and years ago. And then she had come over to try to say something. And Garth was like, I'm not having it. And he just started rocking out on the guitar so he didn't have to listen to her. And she turned around and ran her. I thought it was great. There's so much good chemistry there. They are so funny together. Yeah, they are. It was great. Those moments... I, it was just, it was awesome. It was so cute to see them so playful together. That was a lot of yeah. fun. And that led her, once she was in the wall of sound, that led them into the last song, which was Standing Outside the Fire. Oh, that's a good one to end with. Yeah. yeah. 
I was sad though that they didn't play Fever. Oh yeah. I was really waiting for that one and it it never came. But the songs that they chose, it was a great set list. Um, I loved every one of them. I'm glad I feel for those that their sound was terrible. Our sound was not terrible. We were very lucky. It was all in all a good show. And I do want to give a couple of quotes that he said during the show. Can I give mine? <laughs> as long as you bleep out the F word. <laughs> One, he said to every musician out there, all I can say is get back in the game because it's the greatest feeling in the world. It was genuine. Like he screamed that at the top of his lungs. You could just tell how happy he was to be out there playing. Yeah. Got down on his knees at one point and just, you know, raised his hands up in the air and was just so thankful to be there. Oh. Yeah. Another quote he said during the concert, was any time you're off for a long time and come back, especially when you've been going as long as we have, you think it's going to be over. Thank you for making me feel like this ain't over. Aw, I love him. Yeah, I think as excited as, you know, his audience was to come back after COVID, he was as much or more excited. Right. And then the last quote that I had from him, was I've never been made to feel at home as quickly as you guys have made me feel. And that was sweet, too. I love that. He had a lot of very genuine things to say about the fact that, listen, this entire last year, year and a half, we all were in the world of the unknown. And when you're in a position like him where you have to depend on your livelihood for the people who have to come and pay for these tickets and show up, the fact that the people in this arena or in the stadium had purchased their tickets over a year and a half ago, like you aren't sure that they're going to show up. And he said, and every time that I'm not sure, Garth fans always remind me that no matter what, you will always be here for me and you'll always be here for the band and the crew. He goes, and I can't thank you guys enough for that. But he knows that his fans are faithful and he knows that we're all going to be there for him. And you could just tell that like he's very thankful for that, very humbled by it. And that's just another thing that I just love so much about the man. Like it, he never takes it for granted. Yeah, I love that. I love that he takes the the moment to recognize that, too. And so we know that he knows. (laughs) Yeah, he appreciates us all. Okay, guys, that wraps up our review of Garth's show in Las Vegas at the Allegiant Stadium. If any of you out there were at the show and would like to share your thoughts and what your experience was at the concert, feel free to reach out to us on our social media accounts or email us at garthologycast at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in to our next episode of Garthology, which will be coming to your podcast platform of choice on August 7th. Until then, this has been Season 2, Episode 19 of Garthology. And I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. And sure enough, he jumped out and... um... Sorry about that. David didn't know we were recording. <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hi. <laughs> they said hi. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. Look, he just keeps coming in now. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> now he's just playing. <laughs> okay, he really is done now. 